chicharrón, papa, frijol, pastor. Los caballos deben irse al aeropuerto de la Ciudad de México. Pásale, buena, pásale. Hi everyone, welcome again to the podcast. I have to confess that it took me a while to publish a new episode because honestly I lost a bunch of episodes that I already have recorded so I have been trying to re-record them again remotely which it's not what I'm used to but that's what we have and maybe they are better like that. So today we're going to interview a friend, Jan, and actually right now he, well, he's back in Turkey but we met on early this year. Meanwhile, he's doing his research of the donor kebabs and how it travel all over the world. Because in Mexico, it happens something very interesting with the pastor. So before we go to the episode, I want to mention a few of the news that we have here in Mexico City because it has been very interesting. Like, for example, apparently Mexico has a lot of money to spend on ventilators that they are not even going to work. So far this month, they have been two contracts that they were both canceled, one for $93 million to buy 2,500 ventilators, and it was canceled, and another one for 31 million pesos to buy 20 ventilators, but also rejected. Um, yeah, that's our government, as good as pretty much everywhere. And also, well, it's a kind of a sad news for me because we have a, in Mexico City, we have close to 329 markets and sadly a few of them, they have been uh, racing in contagious of COVID-19. So 38 of these 329 markets that are in Mexico City are closed. Luckily, the ones that I have near my house are open and I can do my groceries with no problem and everything fine but uh, let's go to the interview we're going to interview my friend Jan like I was telling you maybe you get hungry meanwhile you hear this episode so let's go to the interview hi Jan how are you thank you for being here well not here exactly you're all the way in Istanbul right yeah and uh, because this is the second time that we are trying to record this now that I lost the files that I, we already did a few months ago when you were here in Mexico City, researching for your kebab history. And now we are separated because of the coronavirus thing. But anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about how has been your journey that it took you from Turkey to Mexico in the research for the donors? Yeah, so Dona Kebab is something that I underestimated for the majority of my life. And like I was working in food industry for the last five years. And at one point, I decided that I wanted to be a food researcher. I want to focus on food histories and how it shapes cultures. And I thought to myself, well, I'm from Turkey. And what do we have that has been globalized? Like it's either Dona Kebab or uh, yogurt. So I decided like, oh, it will be a light research that I can do it by myself. I can just research on Dana Kebab, which, uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't light at all. 
I had to travel to a lot of countries to to get to know a little bit more on how like this dish was evolved. And that's how I found myself in Mexico. That's great. And um, the, I remember a lot that you were mentioning how in Mexico, I mean, the daughter traveled to many different countries. Uh, but in Mexico, it has certain interesting things that, that changed, right? Yes. So the idea of Dona Kebab is like, didn't, so we're in like during Corona times, this is, uh, like, I, I need to mention this now that we're recording it. There's something about Dona Kebab that you cannot do it at home. Like there are, if you look at it online, there are some German machines that you can do it for the family, but it like, trust me, it's not going to be the same. So Dona Kebab is something that you cannot do it at home. It's a communal dish. It's a, it has to be in a restaurant during Corona, whoever I talk to, everyone who's doing their own breads or like cooking masterpieces at their kitchen, they all say like, whenever this shit ha like stops, we're going to go and have a Dona Kebab. So, but still to that, we have it in portions, Mexico kind of found a way to ev like evolve this. There's a family meal sort of thing, like where you can order 250 grams or 500 grams, a kilo of it, and then you're served your tortillas and then you have it in a family weight. Like this is something that I've never seen anywhere in the world. It's a very Mexican way of cook uh, eating. And it's funny to me because the way we eat in Anatolia, in Turkey, it's very similar to that with every other dish, but Dona Kebab is our sacred, like you have your own portion and you don't mess with any, anyone else's. So that's one thing that it changed in Mexico that I saw. Other than that, there's the marination part, like the al pastor, which like for, to me, it was a, like, it was very um, localized kind of, of Dona Kebab. Normally, marination is not like that kind of a marination is not a part of of Dona Kebab's uh, production, and, th and these are the uh, ones that I can think of right now. Yeah, and it's very interesting that you mentioned how the donors uh, works like that in Mexico. Right now, also here in in the city, because of the lockdown, there's uh like I I don't know if you remember, but I live near the Taco Street, and pretty mm -hmm. much actually all of them are open but just selling like maybe at 20% of what they used to sell. Mm. But yeah, if so you don't no leave. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no, no. And, uh, yeah, ex exactly. Like there are open donor places in, in Istanbul as well, but like you cannot trust it. And that's the problem. Yeah, that's true. So, and also if you don't live like near one of these places and uh, that it's uh, it's open, you, you are just craving all of this, but they are also uh, the people, most of the people, I think it's cooking in, in their houses, no, just yeah. home cooking. And sadly this, the, the donor and the pastor, it's very hard to cook it at home. Yeah. That's the whole idea of it. Like you buy bulk of meat and then you put it on top of it. Like that's the history of it as well. It's a, it was a feast food that you're not supposed to do it at home to yourself. Yeah. So that's why like normally yeah. it's designed to serve 300, 400 people at a day. And now like if you serve it to only 50 people, it's not going to work. So maybe there's yeah, a, there's an like, evolution that will come with this. I don't know. Like I'm still researching. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it will be interesting to see how it adapts to these times. 
And I wanted to, uh, I remember a lot the story that you told me about how uh, over there in Turkey and traveling, uh, you, it was hard for you to be involved in the, in the process of making the donor, no? And yeah. how here we could, we could manage to do it, right? Yeah, it's, um, I've been to four cities in, in Turkey to, to research about this. It's basically, it's not that you cannot go in, but people are skeptical about it. Like people, because donor kebab is a very, um, craftsman, uh, product in, in Turkey, whatever the amount of salt that you put, the amount of meat that you put, how you cut your meat and etc. It's all very crafty. So when I ask to people, like if I go in their kitchen, they're always very skeptical and I couldn't go in. But in, in Mexico, with you, we went to El Greco and like we saw the whole thing being built. On top of that, we built it ourselves with our, like, with our hands. I don't know how much I should mention it now with the health regulations and all, but like it was, a, it was an amazing experience. It's, it shows how Mexico is in the sense of warm-hearted and just inviting whereas in in turkey it was more like oh so you want to see how we make our kebabs and it's like let me think about that yeah and especially i love how uh, uh, you mentioned that the guy was allowing you to be pretending yet that you were doing it you no know, and allows oh, yeah, you to yeah, take a yeah. picture but then he told you like don't <laughs> don't do it <laughs> yeah that was uh in in Arzurum, it's a uh, it's the type of kebab is a horizontal one, not vertical. Mm -hmm. It's believed that like, that's the original one. That's the original way of making this. And there's a picture area where you can go in with, with the knife and like, you're basically supposed to stand. And like, I tried to cut a little, little bit and like in my ear, he says like, don't cut it. You're going to ruin it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I would love to go to that place. Yeah. I imagine it like this. It soup is Nancy. delicious. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know that you were going to ruin it. Yeah. I, yeah. I have ruined a donut kebab while cutting it in India like years ago before I started this research. It's not an easy thing. I believe me, it's yeah. not an easy thing. It's, you need to be a craftsman. Like that, that is a craft that you need to learn. Yeah. And I have a question actually that I didn't ask you, I think on the last interview. Have you ever tried like in you in your house or somewhere? Do you have a, a tank to, to try to cook it? Have you ever tried to cook it from zero? No, um, I have not. I have been present when it's being prepared, uh, but I have never been, uh, like I never tried it because it's not a machine that you buy it for yourself and, and, and you try it at home. Uh, as I mentioned yeah. before in early on, there is, um, there is one in Germany that they sell. So basically you buy uh, parts of meat and then you stack it on top of it. I think it takes like eight or nine fillets of, of beef or chicken or whatever. Then you can do it at home. It's like, I don't know, 20 centimeters long tall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, I want to buy it. I want to, I want to do it at home. But if I do an actual big donut kebab, I don't know who's going to eat it. Like, I don't have that much friends. Yeah, yeah. You will have to throw a party. Yeah. 
and invite all your Mexican friends. And I wanted to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, I, I don't know also if you, after you were here in Mexico City, I don't know if you uh, remember that it was very trending, uh, the Black Pastor thing. I don't know if have you ever saw it. Uh, I saw the, the videos of it. I never saw the, the actual, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just a marination, right? Just like adobo is. Yeah, is it's just a different, uh -huh, a different type of marination, and I, I mean, I didn't try it. But I was, I think that I was expecting to try it when I returned from my holidays, but uh, oh. everything was already closed. The the thing about dana kebab is that, like, at one point it became so uh, popular. I don't like that's what I'm curious of. Like, how did this became so popular? But now, whatever you do and call it with that name everybody understands what you what you mean like if you talk about a pizza everybody knows what you what you mean and pizza is a global product but it's the same case with this like if if you say i'm making a i don't know octopus kebab oct octopus dinner you understand what i mean like yeah the the perception yeah. is there so now like before it was about creating the product now it's improving it now it's evolving it now it's the phase of trials and error and it's really fun to watch it and yeah most of the time true. like it's i don't really i don't know how much of it is going to stay but it's really good to see that people are trying and testing out with these things yeah actually now that you mentioned exactly that one of octopus we do have that one in mexico in uh i think in the north a few seafood restaurants are doing that it, it looks super weird because it's all the tentacles yeah. of the octopus over there just <laughs> jammed it looks kind of a lovecraftian like from hp yeah. lovecraft novel but uh <laughs> I, I mean i'm sure the, that it the, tastes good no if it's cooked right I, yeah i think it's like in my personal opinion it would it's a waste of octopus unfortunately but i know <laughs> like it's a good way to benefit the all of the parts of the octopus that are not being sold. So my family is in seafood business. So I know a lot of the like octopus market. It's yeah, it's very um, a particular market. So like you cannot sell the head and etc. So a lot of those donors with octopus usually put the parts that cannot be sold otherwise because octopus as a as a leg is much more expensive. Like I much more valued than that but it's still like an interesting thing i i had it in here in turkey it was a uh, fair food I, i don't think i'm gonna eat it again like i wouldn't buy it but once <laughs> it was given for free yeah it's, I'm, i'm happy to have tried yeah that's it. true and uh, i have another question i i think that here you didn't try the vegetarian one no the vegetarian pastor there's a vegetarian pastor I had it in Berlin. Yeah, I, it was here, not there. It it was uh I mean I, and actually I didn't knew about it until very recently. It was actually this taqueria that uh, it, it's vegan. It's one of the first vegan taquerias in the city. But um they started to do it. They actually used to do pastor, but it was just like I don't know, I think like soy fake steaks with the marinated but in the in the grill. But now when they actually moved to a local, uh, they could put it on the spit and they were, it, I saw pictures of it. It looked, it looked very, it looked kind of a interesting replica of a pastor, but I didn't try it, but I, I was not sure if you, if you tried it. No, so it's with like, adobo as well, like the whole marination as well. Yeah. With adobo. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. 
Uh, at I least from what I see in the, the pictures. Among the ones that I tried, I prefer the Puebla version, the Arabe, mm -hmm. Carne Arabe. The, because yeah. what I am more used to as the, the meat, as the taste is more like it's closer to that. It's just yeah. like onions and, and meat. I do enjoy al pastor, but it's like al pastor, while eating al pastor, I feel like I'm eating something else. While eating uh, carne arabe, I feel like I'm eating doner kebab. So <laughs> it's like because of the taste. Like, yes, it's a technique. It's a cooking technique. But in my mind, you know how you have your own perception of a food and like you just compare yeah. it with. So I, I'm biased. I'm a researcher and I'm biased. I'm terribly ashamed to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I love it. Like Mexican, uh, like the Al Pastor um, meals were my favorite after, I don't know, 10, 11 p.m. Like yeah. when it's getting later, then somehow magically the taste of the meat gets better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know. I think that it's the one that is more over there cooking. I don't know, but it does. I understand it. So what's your and, favorite Al Pastor place? Oh, my favorite. I have a, I have many different ones. I think I didn't take you to La Pinguica, that it's one of my favorites. I think no, we you went to Don Rai with me, which also. Yes. Yeah. Don Rai is one of my favorites. Um, the Bilcito, we also, right. we didn't go, right? Mm -hmm. No. You went, you went to El Bilcito? No, no, no. No, that one. I, I so, had to yeah, I mean, before we were. You, you have to come back. You have to come back I know, still. I know. When the first so flight from Turkey to here comes. <laughs> yeah. Right before you asked me to do this, uh, to this interview uh -huh. again, I remembered uh -huh. the, our last time. And like that was a much better setup because we met up, we ate a really good Alpa store, and then we did the podcast on a full stomach. Now, like, I yeah. don't know how I'm supposed to talk about Dana Kebab while I'm I don't know, not eating a doner kebab or al pastor. Yeah, now I'm I'm starting to be very hungry about uh, <laughs> a good pastor, and I know that they are not open right now. And I actually, I have a, I haven't even bought anything from them since this quarantine started. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's hard. Yeah, for everyone. Yes, and I, uh, yeah, and I wanted to ask you, um, a like have you obviously the the donor places in turkey have been affected but how how for example it has changed your your food habits like are you cooking a lot or what are you doing i am cooking a lot uh but i started cooking a lot before uh this whole disease started i started cooking a lot actually in mexico because oh wow i yeah and I wanted to introduce cooking more to my life and I started, um, I don't know, eating out less and less. So whenever I was booking places, I always made sure that it had kitchens and etc. because I do enjoy buying local ingredients and trying to cook it myself. So it became this habit. And then after I came back here, like we were traveling with my girlfriend and we came back here and the only time that we bought something from outside like the, the only time that we had takeaway was it was because of a dish called lahmacun which i didn't like we didn't want to do it at home it's like a turkish pizza and you can mm -hmm. also do it at home it's not like dinner but if somebody else does it it's one of those things that it's more delicious apart from like 
besides from that, since the last six weeks, I think we're constantly cooking. Like I have sourdough that I took from my sister that I'm growing, which was something that I would never do otherwise. It is changing. Like obviously it's helping, but it's also as a, mm, I don't know, it, it helps to be in the kitchen to have a mental like freedom to have um, clarity. That's why I like cooking. And with this whole situation, like, obviously it feels safer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are your stuff changed? Like did, how, how different are you than compared to like two months ago in your turn in, in your cooking or. Well, uh, for me, uh, honestly, because I, because of my job, I usually eat always in the streets, no. So maybe dinner in, in my house, but I always had breakfast in the street, lunch in the street. And, uh, and it was uh, good for me because I was kind of a, uh, it's, it's not as fun to cook, I think, for one person, no, or two, maybe, but for one person, it's kind of uh, annoying. So. Uh, when, when this happened, uh, I needed to cook again. And the first two weeks, it was very annoying for me because I was, I knew that I was doing this not because I wanted to, just because I, I needed to. But now I'm actually, uh, much, much, uh, it's, it's a part of the day that I'm looking forward to do, no, like to cook something because it's, uh, it's more fun. I can experiment recipes. I mean, I have to eat it if, if it was not good, but. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's something to be entertained, you know, and uh, the only problem is that uh, here I, the ingredients are, uh, I mean, it's not, we are not on a great season for a lot of different ingredients. So it's kind of at the mm. same ones. So you have to adapt those ingredients to do different things. But yeah, I have been cooking pretty much everything. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of fun. Like, I, I'm sure you're getting the fun. It's, I understand what you mean by like, it's a hassle when you're trying to do it for one person. Mm -hmm. but now there's so much time at our hands that it's i don't know it just makes sense yeah i used to love <laughs> the the doing the dishes part because it's it kind of gave me the the moment of clarity in my day now i just look forward for the cooking part and i hate the dish part like doing the <laughs> dishes part so that has well, changed I have always hated the dishes part since I used to work in kitchens and that was my only job for a couple of years. I used to hate that, but oh. <laughs> it's, it's good that it has changed why. for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, Jan, I think, uh, it was great to have you back again here. Uh, how everyone can find you if you, if they want to know more about your project on any social media or anything. Right. Um, it's called Cooking Up a Museum. Uh, you can find me on, on Instagram. I hope to uh, publish videos on, on YouTube. I took a lot of videos in Mexico and also in, in Turkey for my donor journey, along with other stuff as well. Like I did a research on corn, cacao, uh, agave. And on the Instagram, I... Uh, publish my i post my findings like the like food stories that i find interesting i also have a blog just called www.cookingupamuseum.com yeah those are three things that you can find me in well youtube is not active yet but let's say two things Awesome. Great. So I hope that as soon as the first flight from Turkey to Mexico, it's available, you come here 
and Lists. I will post all the links of the of your social media in the description. And it was great to talk to you. It was great to know that you're healthy, safe, and everything is going fine. <laughs> so we hope that this Likewise. doesn't last. Uh -huh, yeah, we hope that this doesn't last longer than than we already know. Yeah, hopefully. Well, let's say see you in Mexico then. Yes, well, why see don't you, here. you come here to have the original uh, Alpha store? I do want to go. I want to go to the Middle East for since a while, uh, and I do want to go. So let's see. I hope that I can get some income that I can save some money and go there. I for sure that I will go. All right, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Hey, if you're still here. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. Remember to follow me on my social media as at Ubijaren on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And next week, we will have a new episode. See ya.